Big Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. Shout out to Brittany. Free, because, uh, free Brittany. Didn't 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 her dad lose? Uh, what is that? Consi- uh, Conservatorship. Yeah, didn't he lose that shit? Like a week ago. I believe he did. Yeah. So uh, we'll say, record me, baby, one more time. I think we mentioned Brittany on uh, the episode before he he lost it. So. Pretty sure we're directly responsible for freeing Brittany. I think so. This, this podcast. You are welcome, America. <laughs> so uh, if we have that kind of power, we should be good stewards of that power. Because as Peter Parker says, with great power. I... <laughs> comes responsibility. Is that what he says? Yeah, I was I was hoping you'd either come in with the right answer or something cheeky like a great power bill. Oh, well, I, I was just thinking of what I'd do, what I'd make people do for me. I'm like, oh, I want a bigger pyramid than the ones in Egypt to be buried in. And I want them to make it the same way they made those ones so I can see it happen. So no good equipment, cut logs, roll the. See a bunch of people pulling the big blocks around of sandstone. But you want them to do it in Florida? Right. Just just whip them or have somebody whip them because I don't really want to do that in the heat. It would wear your arm out, I think. Right. But I could watch somebody else whip them. Better yet, <laughs> you could record somebody else whipping them and then the world could watch. <laughs> the reality TV show yeah, of, of your slave driver doing the work to build your pyramid. Right. Because there is, there is a, a new rise in that wealth porn coming back. I, I think, um, you know, you know how cribs was really popular there back in like the nineties and early two thousands. And then before that, there was, you know, lifestyles, the rich and the famous, but right. a lot of that, went away for a bit i think it's coming back i think you know architectural digest has like a youtube series where they will go into these celebrities homes and see all their their fancy stuff so i think the wealth porn is coming back in a big way so what do you think happened to lifestyles of the rich and famous do you think they were like all right jeffrey epstein's check it oh Right. Did they, did they film? Was that the last episode? They just didn't know that it was going to be their last episode because they got all this footage. And then in the background of one of the shots, one of the editors was like, hey, uh, can you come? He like calls his supervisor down to like the editing bay. He's like, hey, can you come check this out? Uh, uh, we were just panning over this uh, bookshelf and, and saw the, the labels on these VHS tapes. <laughs> Is that the Queen of England fi- fingering a 15-year-old boy? 
this is it, it's it's funny because caviar is like a a thing that fell out of favor too. It's not just the it show; is. it's everything that show was following. I was watching. Uh, this might seem silly, but it was Top Gear, the the European one, and they were on a boat on that lake or whatever where they the really expensive russian caviar comes from where it's you know and it's disgusting it's just the dirtiest nastiest water i mean lake alatuna here in georgia which people say is nasty is way better (laughs) so i don't i guess caviar tastes better in dirty water i don't know uh yeah maybe there's something to that is there some sort of like always eat dirty caviar is that the same kind of rule of thumb of never trust a skinny chef i think you can buy caviar at walmart now great value (laughs) this is the cleanest caviar ever it's like bottled water the fish swim around in (laughs) Is it yeah? Is it spring caviar or purified <laughs> caviar? <laughs> wow! So this got off topic. You know who gets off topic a lot. <laughs> I think that's going to be how I I do segues when I start doing my stand up routines. Right, because as you know, and the rest of our uh, listeners know I am working on my type five right now because okay. I, I derive pleasure from hearing crowds groan. <laughs> that is nice sound. Uh, told you we should have went to red lobster, honey. Red lobster doesn't even serve caviar. <laughs> See, you made me giggle. Question for you. What do you think causes more injuries per year? Caviar or vaccines? Ooh. Haven't seen that study yet. Those studies exist, but <laughs> they don't exist together. <laughs> <laughs> do they not? <sighs> not until right now. because you're not the editor of the uh the new york times or the atlanta journal constitution what constitute is that is that what it's called for real the ajc yeah the fuck's the constitution got well to do with I, I i think it was a merger right because it was the atlanta journal yeah. and the atlanta constitution yeah there were two different publications is that right and then they just joined together and both fails. And I think we're more suited for the morning constitution. <laughs> See, that's a grown worthy joke as well. Thank you. Thank you. So back to caviar and vaccines. Yes. The name of my new book. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think injures more people every year? I would say the vaccines because 
for one, there's not a lot of people um, partaking in uh, caviar, at least in, in my circles. Well, that's not how you would control the masses, right? You're not going to control the masses by something that is reserved for the elite. Right. I, it certainly wouldn't. Um, big caviar or big pharma. If, I, if I'm getting money from those two entities, both of them, same time, and then you know, big caviar is like, oh, I want you to, you know, mandate whatever that this is the only caviar that's allowed to be sold in your country. I mean, it probably cut you a pretty big check, but I only have enough time for, you know, certain things in my life. So big farmer at the same time says, I want you to mandate pretty much everybody in the world get uh get the vaccines and then shortly after that we're gonna be like you also got to get them like every three months forever and then because there tends to be a worse reaction to people who get these vaccines according to israel who had more people vaccinated than anywhere else and has noted this. Now you've created a situation where I've already gotten the vaccine. So I got to keep getting the boosters because if I get the virus now, I'm, I'm doubly fucked, right? So then Big Pharma's like, hell yeah, banking and shit. So Big Pharma can give me a big motherfucking check. Way bigger than caviar. So I would love to help you caviar, but I only got enough time in my day to work on this big pharma thing because it's going to pay out better. It's interesting because big pharma as an idea is something that is in some sense very literally true, but in another sense is almost a bit of a caricature because of certain tinfoil hat conspiracy theory type pathways that people go down right and mm-hmm. i think i think there's a there's a very real danger of calling this this movement anti-vax right yeah there's really only one side calling them that but yeah but i think it's deliberately designed to to discredit people who are against a forced vaccination. And and I think that's why it's worth separating those things out, right? Because even even on this very podcast, we're no strangers to conspiracy theories and, you know, going into that territory to some right. degree. At least uh, trying to assess some of those things in a reasonable or or logical way. We can be a bit open-minded while still being skeptical, but there's a tendency to lump in vaccine conversations to either forced vaccinations, mandates, and passports, or you are Jenny McCarthy. Right. Yeah. 
that's pretty much where we're at. We're either like the hot girl on singled out or, you know, or, or we we're okay with being forced to do put whatever in our body because the government said to and be okay with it. When the government doesn't have a great track record of that. So, I mean, they've hurt a lot of people with different drugs and whatnot that they've administered forcefully to people. Um, So, I mean, that's where we're at. We're, we're in a country that if we, if you look at the news and then you go to the most extreme places. Um, you you would think that I mean, you would think that the non-vax people were just like just walking around rubbing COVID on people or something, and people are just killing over in the streets, dying. But there's just none of that happening. Um, the vaccine doesn't prevent the spread of the new variant. And I don't believe that it did for the first one. I just, I don't see any evidence of it besides people just saying it. Uh, but, uh, it doesn't stop you from getting this new variant. It doesn't. Uh, reduce the symptoms like they're claiming here in the states but nowhere else is there in fact you're hearing more that it's worse if they haven't had a booster within three months of the time the symptoms are worse for people who are vaccinated so that seems to be the common thing you're hearing from other places so i don't uh i don't know i I don't i don't know what to tell people who just go along with what the tv tells them i i i I try to explain it i i show evidence i show charts i could i I mean all you got to do is just look for it it's out there but I still go out and I think I, I look at people and they're they've got their kids all covered up and and it's not doing any good for them but it is doing a lot of harm there's a lot that I know it does me harm when I can't see people's faces I don't know. I can't tell what their intentions are when they get close to me. There's something you can do as a, the person who's, you know, you've lived in the city, you watch people's faces, their eyes and their, the, what their facial expressions. And you can see a lot of indicators for their intentions upon the way they're going to feel about you being near them or, or anything 
they're having a bad day, you just kind of avoid that because you don't want to bump into the guy who's having a bad day because maybe there's a confrontation that didn't need to happen. Um, you don't get that. And I can't imagine a baby developing the skills to decipher human emotions through facial expressions being subjected to this. So, uh, and then we have vaccines that, that admittedly just don't do anything. And, and now we're talking about forcing people to take them. Well, it's, it's no different, a false dichotomy than when this whole thing started rolling out, right? The idea that it's not a spectrum, the idea that it's this very clear binary of you either think that the novel coronavirus is the greatest threat to our existence that we've seen in, in a lifetime, or you think it's a hoax. There is no in-between. It has to be one or the other. And I, I disagree with that premise entirely. And I think that's just an irresponsible way of looking at the world. And mm -hmm. I think we can sometimes get caught up in arguing about even even arguing about the science, which I think I have a tendency to do, and I think a lot of folks who come from the left have a tendency to do, is get caught up in the, the science, but science doesn't uh, tell us what should be, and science also is never complete. We have to still make judgments on what we believe is worth a risk um, if you flip a, a quarter 10 times and it comes up on heads 10 out of 10 times it doesn't mean that 100 of the time it will land on heads it just means that you didn't measure enough and mm -hmm. science is 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 perfect in some sense if you're doing it properly but it doesn't mean that it's exhaustive or complete. And we can get into these debates and conversations where we go down the rabbit hole of debating the science and going about this strain or that or the numbers, but then we often get caught up in that, not realizing that whether we should mandate a vaccine at by threat of violence should in no way be predicated on science or not mm -hmm. science or anything right right because your interpretation of whatever science you think that you've um researched or uh made your decisions from listening to or whatever doesn't it doesn't change the fact that like you don't that 
that the other person didn't they they came to a different conclusion by looking at whatever they decided they were going to look at and who are you to say what they do with their bodies because it's my body right i i own my body this is my private property i can be gay i can be straight i can be whatever i want to be with my body i can do to my body what i want to do to my body or i can't so which side of that are you on All of you people deciding what other people should do with their bodies have to think about that. What side of that are you on? Because if you're on the side that you don't own your body, then you're on that for everything. You've made that decision. I I don't want to approach this in an intellectually dishonest way. So I think it is worth talking about transmissibility of the disease and how it's more than a conversation about just our body, right? It is about how it affects other people. So if we go back to first principles and we talk, let's just even use the one hit wonder of the libertarian movement, the NAP, So the non-aggression principle, if you believe that you have a disease that is transmissible and you knowingly transmit that to another person or unknowingly transmit that to another person through, let's just call it negligence, just so we can give, we don't even have to put intent on here. It's just negligence. You transmit Mm -hmm. a disease that in turn harms someone. Mm -hmm. I think that is where we should probably spend some of that energy because I I do agree that the my body, my choice piece is something that we should all agree on, whether that be something you disagree with if you're against abortion or uh, something that does get complicated in that way, which Mm -hmm. we could have six or seven episodes about that one alone. But if we ignore that and just say my body, my choice for everything else for tattoos and vaccinations and clothing and hair, whatever it is, I think you should absolutely have a a right to do all of those things. But when we talk about vaccinations or we talk about anything else that you do with your body, at some point it starts affecting another person's body, which is precisely why the abortion debate is tricky as well. If you knowingly decide against getting a vaccine for a disease that is transmissible and it is found to have been transmitted through your negligence, what do you owe that other party, right? Mm -hmm. What do you owe them having wronged them in some way? So the the organism, the virus, is really the culprit here, not not the person who's been invaded by it. Um, if you know that you're sick, 
and you're going around spreading whatever um i think at that point you probably do have in a perfect world you probably would have some sort of uh liability there uh but if you're not if you don't have symptoms or which you typically wouldn't spread it anyway if you didn't have symptoms but let's say you did uh, i don't i really don't unknowingly i don't think there's any anything you can uh you could put on that person because you're invaded by a foreign object that you did not want and it unknowingly jumped off of you and got on somebody else the same way it got on you so i wouldn't say that uh you would be liable there well i think that's why i want to follow this down through this lens as opposed to a mandate because in a utopia how would this get solved i think it's some well this wouldn't star get here for one because the vaccine would never be mandated it would have never needed fda approval it would be there would still be people designing new so-called vaccines or drugs or whatever to destroy covid because it would be a free market where people could try different things and see what worked the best and whatnot instead of just sitting here trying to make big pharma rich by injecting ourselves over and over again with something that now is absolutely admittedly not stopping the transmission not stopping people from getting sick not stopping people from getting sicker in fact making a lot of people sicker than they would have been if they didn't have it and we're trying to force that upon people because i'm not saying that this vaccine try wasn't a good idea or a good try but that we've got all our eggs in this one basket and if these people were negligent we can't do anything about it they're protected that's what's wrong it's not the fda approval it's the fact that they have no incentive to get it right. The government's going to force people to take it. And they're going to tell them they got to take it over and over and over again for the rest of their lives. They're going to get rich as shit, whether it works or not. And if it hurts somebody, they're not, re- they're not responsible. They have no incentive to get it right. What if they got it right and you only had to have one shot and that's it? It would be worse for them than if they fucked it up and we're going through what we're going through right now. I'm not saying they fucked it up on purpose. I'm just telling you, there's no incentive to get it right. So there's nobody back there going, oh shit, we should, we did this wrong. We, we got to, no, everybody's focused on how do we make everybody take it? Nobody's back there fixing this. And that's why I, I don't even really want to argue within the fake 
arbitrary boundaries that they have created for us. This idea that it's these handful of companies making a vaccine that we have decided is effective on a disease we've agreed behaves this way and functions this way and all that's like, I want to undo all of those presumptions and say, okay, if we can figure out what should be done from first principles, we can then go and apply that to this because FDA approval one didn't happen, although every headline alludes to as much. Um, but I, I think that in itself becomes a very flawed debate because that's just a policy debate around an organization that shouldn't have the power it has. Right. Absolutely. Like yeah. if you've, for those of you who are nerdy enough to get into it, go and read it. Um, I, I did give it a read and the FDA did not in fact uh, approve the, uh, the, the vaccine. What instead happened was the emergency authorization that was granted some time ago for this to be rolled out nationwide was extended and expanded for government and mandatory use. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it is still not something that is approved. And whether this is something nefarious on the part of the FDA and the state or just unintentional, I'm not sure if the point is to get everybody arguing over the language in that approval or authorization or expansion, but that should not be our focus. They have too many monetary ties Mm -hmm. and incentives in place to not actually be objective. So it's already problematic as an institution and that's just trusting them as a source let alone a source that then would grant the state the ability to mandate a vaccine. Let me make an example. It's not tied to the vaccine. So the FDA and Bayer aspirin found out through a study that Bayer was doing, uh, the aspirin, that small doses of aspirin are very effective for minimizing minor heart attacks as they're happening before they're happening for certain people with certain heart problems definitively a very good study uh the fda was notified of it bear aspirin could not advertise that they were that they knew this about it. So people are dying of heart attacks, didn't need to die for 20 years. As long as we were in Afghanistan, 20 years before the FDA got around to saying, oh yeah, you you can put that on your bottles. 
you can let that be known to doctors. How many people died? How many of your great grandfathers died from heart attacks? Listeners, think about it. Your own family. I bet money somebody in your close family could have been saved with that knowledge. And what's interesting is that means at minimum that level of corruption was present at least 20 years ago. Because let's just say that even happened just yesterday, which it did not. Right. But let's say that happened yesterday. Yeah. 20 years ago, I like your unit of measurement on Afghanistan. Four Afghanistans and seven <laughs> years ago. If we, if we use that as a measurement of saying, okay, at, at the latest, it was 20 years ago that that level of corruption was happening. Mm-hmm. Why would you believe that after getting away with loads and loads of corruption, mm-hmm. getting caught, in no way getting punished, why would you believe any of those organizations just all of a sudden stopped doing that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't believe that. Um, but that's a good that's a good point because we've got examples of this throughout our history and I'm not talking about the conspiracy theory history I'm talking about the admitted stuff the the LSD experiments the all those people in France that died from them putting LSD in the bread uh but they put way too much in there. They didn't realize what they were doing, I guess. And they killed a bunch of just old French people getting bread with their wee-wee hats and what, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Walking around French bread, I, I guess. But, um, I mean, it's awful. The, the things we know that they've done. The the cover-ups, the the Agent Orange. The one that hits home for Biden, the oil field fires. I mean, these were all things that people brought up and they were like, right when they were happening. This is bad because of this. Oh, you're a kook. You're nuts. You just uh you should be shunned and put away you're you're nazi or whatever right and then you know a long time later when nobody's calling that guy a nazi anymore they go oh yeah agent orange man that was causing all these things ruin that guy you ruined him it's it's awful and it's all because you, uh, I hate it to say it, left or right, you're a statist. Your, your religion is the state. You believe what the state tells you to believe. Be damned if your loved ones are going to die over it. Left or right, 
It's not a left or right. It's, it is both of both sides. There's like an element of the left that's not as statist. And there's an element of the right that's not as statist. But then there's the, that part in the middle, the John McCain, you know, the Lindsey Graham. And you can probably name some from the left. But those, that group, you know, they're on like anything that is power to the state. They, they can agree on that shit. No matter what, As they cross aisles. They, oh, they're so good because they'll, you know, they're reasonable. They'll cross the aisle. But the only thing they cross the aisle for is the shit that gives more power to the state. Like, whatever. They're just, they're like a fast track power to the state people. Yes, I am happy that John McCain's dead, if you guys are wondering. That's an interesting bit of trivia. It's funny because the, the the bit that I was actually going to bring up as trivia is the term conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorist. Um, okay. I want to say it was the Kennedy assassination where that first started floating around and it was think so. just to discredit. And, and you don't have to say that it's just to discredit people who are, you know, onto something and they're just close to the truth. It's, it's just meant to keep the noise down, but mm-hmm. it's still very targeted and very specific and intentional. And mm-hmm. we, if we had proposed that at the time, people would have thought we were crazy. But now it's not only that it's come out, they have sort of turned it, the corner completely and said that it was for the greater good because it kept people from being in, in a, a panic. But right. That's that's kind of what I think is is worth us separating out. Exactly like you said, these are things that in their time were discredited and have now since been declassified and are 100% true and factual and have been proven to be and we've ruined people's lives over them. But they get painted with a broad brush because when I say false flag when I say Ruby Ridge, when I talk about mm-hmm. these things, people automatically go to Alex Jones or <laughs> right. anyone else who is happy to go down the deepest conspiracy theory rabbit hole. And you get lumped in with that. And I think the same thing is happening now with the vaccines. If you talk in any way mm-hmm. about being uh, you know, hesitant or mistrusting of not just the pharmaceutical companies, but the state and mm-hmm. by extension, the FDA, you get painted in this broad brush of anti-vax, which as a phrase is just the same as, yeah, conspiracy theory. Absolutely. Because there are so many different levels of anti-vax. There are people who are considered anti-vax who run in those circles who just don't want their kids to be vaccinated with the aluminum-based solutions. Not the vaccines themselves, but the solutions they're they're put into because aluminum tends, 
it, it, there is some really bad side effects to aluminum in, in developing children. And to the point that, you know, in the recent years, they've pretty much done away with it. But it was because of the so-called anti-vax movement making a stink about it that they made that change. So it's not that the anti-vax are all Jenny McCarthy. And I think they use that. They want to put that right up front to discredit people who are making an argument for a certain thing that they don't like about X vaccination or B. They uh, always lump you with Jenny McCarthy to just discredit you from the get-go so they don't have to take you seriously. And I have friends and I've listened to people who I disagree with on this subject, people with credible research, people who are passionate about this, and they have changed my mind about certain things. Like I, I asked the doctor whether there was aluminum in the vaccinations that my children got. I got, my children are vaccinated to an extent. Um, but I did separate them a little differently than the state mandated it or recommended it. I spread them out a little further because I do have worries about them lumping them together too much. Um, and there's, I've been convinced of that. So I had them spread them out a little differently. And all the doctors were absolutely fine with it. And some of them said, you know, oh, yeah, I like, I actually like doing it this way, but you know, this is <laughs> the cheaper way. And I like to, you know, so. Well, and those were two adults who were having a rational conversation about the health of their children, right? This was not a heavily politicized debate of a one size fits all policy conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's why you can have a reasonable, de reasonable debate between two individuals and you can have a reasonable conversation with a doctor because your experience and your situation is isolated mm -hmm. and unique and that doctor, if he knows that you are approaching the conversation in good faith, he's not going to have his defense up. I just want to be respected. So if I'm not getting respected by you, I'm going somewhere else. But what you're talking about with the mandates is not only are you not going to respect me, that's not the bad part. You're going to force me to shove a chemical into my kids they don't need nor do I want or they want and uh, you can do a lot of shit to me and I'm cool with it You're like I, I can get over it uh, I'm not cool with it but I, I can get over it but that shit can affect the rest of my kids life we're already looking at situations where it is affecting the rest of people's lives, where now they have they have to get a booster or they have the potential of getting 
the virus worse than if they hadn't got the the vaccine to begin with. So, like now they they may be set up to where they have to get it all the time. Uh, I'm not cool with that. I'm just not. And, well, and, and let's say the 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 vac- they come up with a, something that makes the vaccine great. Now what am I going to do? Because now you have all these tracking software, the stupid shit that I got to enter my name into so I can go to the goddamn grocery store in New York or whatever. I don't want my name in any of that. I'm not going to get the fucking vaccine even if I want it now. Because having my name out of that shit is more important than if I like the vaccine. And all of that is an additional layer on top of the actual conversation you were having, right? Which you could reasonably have with a doctor. Right. Like the one I had with them with the other vaccines, which was a very simple conversation, which was if he wasn't cool with, he would have told me. And then we would have either he could have convinced me to do it a different way or I go somewhere else. It like it, it could have been, but it ended up being even better than that. He was like, oh, yeah, I like that because it's more expensive for you to do it this way. Uh, that's why we typically do it the cheaper way. But he's like, I, I do like spreading them out more. Um, and we just we just did it that way. My kid had to have more needles put in him. And I hate that. I hate to see him hurt, you know. Um, but it's a little thing. And it's from what, everything I've seen, it just seems like there's a lot less risk of really bad stuff happening when you do it that way. So, And that's talking about the health of your child. As opposed to the bait and switch that's happening now, which is talking about the health of your child that then somehow gets switched into a policy surrounding the health of your child. I would hazard a guess that a good majority of our listeners are old enough to recall the universal healthcare debate uh, that we had what, let's say some decade ago, Mm -hmm. which was founded on very similar principles of Mm -hmm. having conversations about your health, your children's health, your, your family's health, that then quickly escalate to a conclusion that if you care about the health of your family and the world, this is how you solve that. So this is in no way a new argument and no way a new 
way of framing a healthcare-related argument. Mm -hmm. It's still very much an emotional response to something that we should be having a more nuanced conversation about as opposed to the conversation we had back then, which was either you are for universal healthcare that is state-run, state-subsidized, highly taxed, and state-managed, or you want everyone to die. Mm -hmm. And that same dichotomy is running back again now. Absolutely. Forget, let's not have the conversation on uh, about the person who doesn't want, like, to use the left word, it's not fair. It's not fair that you tell people what to do with their body because you like it. Just because you have more friends that agree with your point of view than that other person, you are affecting the, his life, his health, her health, or whatever pronoun, whatever. You don't, this is what I'm saying. You, if you do this, this is, if you're on the left and you're going down this path, Remember what you used to say before there was legalized gay marriage? Remember the, the arguments you used to make about people not having the right to come into your home, and into your bed, and say who you were, whatever, you know? I would argue that why the fuck did you care what the state did? Because fuck them, you know, but I was always about, you know, gay rights, but I was about every rights. But um, what I'm saying is remember that. Don't, don't forget that. Don't lose yourself in the fact that your side's winning something. Like you feel like you're on top and you can tell the other side what to do. Remember what it felt like to be the one who was oppressed and stop it. It's not, it's not okay. Let's, let's take slavery. For example, it's not okay to be like, let's end slavery against black people, but then like, let's make white people the, their slaves. And then that happens. And then, you know, the white people get freed and then they're like, well, let's make Mexicans are slaves now. And then the black people and the white people have made, it's just because you're not the one on bottom and you're doing the oppression. It's not right now. You're not, you're not some omnipotent being that just because you're, you like you know who's allowed to be oppressed and who's not. And then anybody who disagrees with me will just call him a Nazi and that'll dehumanize them and we can then we can do these mean things to them and not feel bad about it. 
Well, and, and be careful what you wish for, right? It's, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about what should or should not be. It's about who you give the power to make those decisions. Because right. if you give those to people who you agree with, it's really easy for you to see that as a benefit to society. But those people aren't going to be in power forever. Mm-hmm. And those and people their positions like, will change. And, the same and, people. Right. And those people likely aren't as pure of heart as you give them credit for. So mm-hmm. for every way that they exploit that power in a way that you deem to be benevolent, they're just as likely to exploit that power in a way that is not. And we've seen it time and time again. This is not some sort of slippery slope that we're talking mm-hmm. about here. We're talking about concrete examples that we could talk about month over month that are mm-hmm. continuing to happen. We see this with every single presidential regime change. So every time we get a new president that you disagree with and they exploit the power that you just voted in four years ago, remember that you did it with good intentions. It's a trap. There's no comfort in a fake safety 